Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Tamka is someone that I have been following for quite a while and someone that I think really owns the self-confidence space. Not just because of her powerful and to the point content, but because she lives and she breathes it. Tam is a walking example of someone that has put things into practice, been really, really disciplined with it, and now lives being a more fulfilled and confident version of herself. For anybody that doesn't know Tam, she is a content creator that puts her own stamp on confidence, self-love and relationships. She shares videos that offer guidance and tips to motivate you to level up your life. Tam dedicated an entire year to self-focusing, pushing her own boundaries and building her inner confidence. Throughout this episode, she shares the journey of who she was before she did the self-work, talks us through some of the things that she's put into place, right through to where she is now, which is so fascinating to listen to. Her dedication and discipline to bettering herself is just insane. There is so much out there at the minute about self-development, so I was really keen to have Tam on the show to firstly cut out some of the BS, but also to get to the point and share tips on how we can all work through some of our own insecurities. Her YouTube videos are honestly some of the best I've seen in this space, so if you haven't been on Tam's channel yet, I highly recommend heading over to her YouTube and watching some of her content. I promise you that you'll benefit from it. Here's Tam's version of beauty. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, Tam. Hi, how are you? Yeah, you're really good, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. Good. Um, Thank you for... Oh, sorry. I'm very excited to be here recording. I know, I'm so excited um, to have you on. I've watched a lot of your content and consumed a lot of your content and I love your the kind of power that you put out in your content. So I'm excited to kind of 
get into the weeds of it. But first of all, do you want to give like a bit of an intro into who you are, kind of what you do, what your content's about? Sure. Um, my name is Tam. I'm 22 years old. I'm British Indian, so I live in the UK. I am a full-time content creator. I do mainly YouTube. I also do TikTok and Instagram. And my niche really is about self-development, self-love and leveling up your life. Yeah. So when did you start posting or let's actually let's before we go into that, let's go into your journey of because you talk a lot about you now versus the you free kind of uploading content and self-development journey. Let's talk about the kind of, for want of a better phrase, like the old you and how you kind of started to develop or pick up on some things that you wanted to do a bit of self-development work? Um. So ever since I was a child, I was very quiet and very shy. I struggled to talk to new people and make new friends. I was kind of always in my shell. And I was an only child and I lived with my grandparents. So I was kind of like always alone. Um. So I got very used to spending a lot of time alone. And I feel like it was around the time I was 15 or 16. I didn't really enjoy school and I had a bunch of free time after school. And I would just Google things like how to have a glow up or how to be confident because I felt like I lacked so much and I didn't know who to ask about it. So YouTube and Google was really my savior. And I feel like that's where it started and it hasn't really stopped. Like realizing that you can, pick up any skill you want and become anything you want just by absorbing other people's knowledge yeah what sort of things were you finding when you were googling and when you were youtubing what kind of content were you were you watching and consuming um it was mostly stuff about how to talk to new people how to be confident what confident body language looks like and I was so fascinated by it and so I would really love to kind of reinvent myself Um, And this happened especially when I went to university because I was moving to a new city and nobody knew me there. I thought, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to become a completely different version of myself. Well, like the most ideal version of myself. And I implemented all of these practices of just seeing all of these people online who were confident, who knew how to strike up a conversation with strangers and embodying that energy and pretending like I was a pro at it, even though on the inside I was terrified. And when you fake it till you make it, it naturally becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And so that was probably the biggest part of my journey. Yeah. How did you, just interested to talk about like, and go into some like nuggets that you said there, but coming out of your shell, I think is something that a lot of people want to do. And there's so much content out there at the minute about self-development and self-love and building confidence and all of this other stuff. I feel like people have the ambition or the goal to do but actually struggle to start and I think the older you get the harder it is equally I think that like I'm 31 and I think that I've learned that I just don't really care too much about what other people think or I find it easier but there's some stuff that is learnt behavior and it's it's been within me for such a long time that I find it really difficult to shift bits of the shell off like how do you how have you done it like how have you because you've really come into your own it seems and and are a really confident empowered version of you so how have you done it in kind of real terms um so what I personally did and what I always say as well is the first step is always getting to the root of the problem and fully understanding yourself and where your weaknesses are what do you struggle with so it might be as you said um 
worrying about what other people think of you. It might be chasing male validation. It might be the fact that you struggle to be confident and be yourself. For me, it was other people's perceptions and it was living authentically and confidently. And once you identify the cause, then you can kind of work back from it. So for example, I also struggle with, with male validation. And so I feel like the solution is always to do the opposite. So for a year, I didn't date, I didn't speak to anybody, I didn't get into a relationship. And I was someone who was such a serial data and I was, I was always in back-to-back relationships. So kind of cutting it off at the root and doing the opposite, complete like extreme, I could finally get used to spending time alone and not attaching my worth to who I was in a relationship mm-hmm. or and, and also realizing that I was completely whole and good on my own without that male validation. Same with confidence. I, I couldn't just sit in my room and think, why am I not confident? I had to get out there and force myself to do the uncomfortable activities and practice talking to people to actually do it. Yeah. What is one of like the biggest challenges you've faced when, when doing all of this work? Like what is... Is there something that you've like had to really push and push and push and push yourself to do? Um, For me, it was probably the self-love journey and sitting alone for a long time um, because I'd never really done that before. And I think being around other people made me feel more comfortable because I was so concerned with what other people thought of me. If I was approved by a group of friends or a guy, it made me feel more comfortable on my own. But since I was separating myself from all of that and I was sitting in my solitude, that was very difficult. And there were so many days where I was lonely or I missed just being intimate or just going on a date with someone. And a lot of people ask me about that now, like how do you deal with the bad and the lonely days? And the thing is, you can't avoid it. It's just part of the journey. It's never going to be easy. Self-growth isn't. There's going to be so much difficulty and triggers and traumas that will come up. You have to sit through it and know, yes, today today is really hard. This whole week might be really hard and I'm missing my old life. But if I can sit through this now and just survive the next few days, there will be all of this new strength built within me and all of this new confidence that, oh, I could overcome this challenge, which means next week when another one comes up, I'll be able to get through that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? They're all like hurdles that, yeah. that I think when you're going through a journey, there's there's a lot of them, as aren't there, that, that come up and you you almost feel, not like the world's against you, but you're like, oh, another one another one but then like the outcome is so much more powerful than the than the pre yeah I kind of set a challenge with myself because I was doing one year of self-love I felt like I constantly had something to prove to myself and that was really the motivation that got me through the hurdles that's interesting actually because I think a lot of people do or do they self-journey a lot of people do it because they want people to like them or they want to be accepted or they want to be good enough at a job or whatever. Your why is you, which I found really interesting, which may be why some people try and do it and don't get over the hurdles because the reason is for something that they actually don't or know that they shouldn't be caring about too much. Yeah, I see this quote a lot on social media about someone's gone through a breakup, someone's hurt them. And they're like, oh, but watch how I glow up and level up. And you're going to wish that you still had me or you're going to miss me. And I'm like, that might be great motivation short term, but it's never going to fulfill you long term. Like you have to do it for yourself. And that's such a low vibrational thing as well to surround your self-development around impressing another person who probably mistreated you and doesn't care about you. 
Yeah. How do you, how do you start to break through those toxic relationships? Uh, I had to, or, uh... Mine was, was really relationships and dating and I had to go through so many of them over and over and over again. Like I was not learning my lesson until I think it was, it was after the fourth relationship and consistently all of my relationships I had settled or it was bare minimum. Some of them were toxic and it was the end of 2021 and we were about to go into a new year and I had just gotten my heart broken again. And I was like, I'm the problem. This, this cannot have happened so many times. I can't just keep putting that blame on the other person. Like, yes, this relationship didn't match my standards and I was mistreated, but I tolerated that behavior and I allowed myself to be put in that situation. So I have to look in the mirror now and be like, you have to fix something because you're allowing these experiences to come into your life. Um, yeah, it was really about the last straw and just tolerating more than I could handle until I was like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. And then what, what were the next steps? Like the recognized phase is obviously step one, but then what in terms of relationships specifically, like what was, what was that journey? So I had had this realization in December, 2021. I had just gone through that last breakup. And the first answer that came in my head was self-love. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. I'd never practiced it in my life before, but I just thought I clearly uh, attach my worth to other people and I chase this validation and I always feel the need to be in a relationship. So there's something that's lacking in me that I need to fix. So I was lucky because a new year was just around the corner and that's when everyone wants to level up and change. So I thought I'm going to set myself a challenge that for a year, I'm not allowed to date anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess naturally after that, the subject of solo dating came up for me and I was thinking anything that a man could provide to me in a relationship, I can also give to myself. And once I reached that level where I realized anything I want, first and foremost, I give that to myself and I know I deserve that. And I love myself fully. What, what can a man give? He's going to have to give me so much just to be, to just to have a place in my life. Whereas before, because I wasn't treating myself with love, a man could just give me crumbs and I would, I would obsess over it. So all throughout, uh, 2021, sorry, 2021 was the year of my self-love journey and I spent a lot of time dining in restaurants alone and playing around with my confidence and constantly pushing the boundaries and living a lifestyle that I'd never lived before and that in itself made me fall in love with myself so much because I was exploring a different side of me and I was realizing how much power and strength and courage I had and that really boosted my confidence and it meant that once I completed that year I started dating again in 2022 and my standards had just increased because I was so obsessed with myself yeah and what what let's just talk about some of the differences because I feel like dating's a funny one we're in a really weird time for dating and apps and it's all changed and people don't approach people in real life and stuff but what what are the main differences between like your dating relationships pre and then post like that that 2021 journey uh, pre, I was always looking for love and I always craved a relationship. And post, I think there is so much more to life and there are so many things that you can put into your life to create your fulfilling dream life 
that love and dating should come last. Now I'm the biggest believer in just let it find you and it will come at the right time. And I fully believe that's true because there's a reason that everybody hears from those who have found their soulmates. I wasn't even looking for it and it just came to me. Yeah. And I'm in a relationship now and my partner just came into my life all of a sudden. I was not looking and it's the healthiest relationship I've ever been in because mm -hmm. I was more focused on I want to create my dream job. I want to focus on becoming financially stable. I want to meet, meet like-minded people. I want to network. I want to level up my friendship group. I want to uh, keep developing myself over and over again. Um, and then I feel like the love and dating part kind of just falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also think there's something to be said for um, like being a whole person and then like meeting someone who is also a whole. I think it creates a real toxic environment or like bond when you're both looking for something that completes the other person yeah definitely because if you don't see yourself as a whole person and then you get into a relationship you can take on all of the opinions that the other person has of you if you you're yeah. not securing yourself you haven't built that foundation yet yeah. and it also leads to lower standards in relationships as well yeah if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking God, I don't know how to navigate dating or a bit like you, like I keep going for these low vibe guys who are just, just not cutting it. And I'm, I'm good elsewhere. But like, what is that? What's your advice for those people? I am always going to be the biggest advocate in spending time alone and taking a break from dating, delete the apps, don't look for it. I used to have a really bad habit that I would, on the days I would go out on my own, I would go into a coffee shop and I would think, what if, what if my soulmate isn't here? What if, what if I'm <laughs> been there? <laughs> oh my God. And I said this on the internet once and I was so surprised that so many other people thought the same way. And see, now that is not a productive use of a solo date. And so you've got to keep practicing until these thoughts go away. And you're like, I am present with myself and I'm enjoying my own company because I am a really cool person to spend time with. Yeah. We attach ourselves to these low vibe guys who don't give us enough because we're not, completely aware of our worth and how much we deserve and it's not until we start fully learning about ourselves and spending time with ourselves that we'll realize how much we deserve um, so I'd say that and I'd also say write out a full list like a full description of your dream relationship and your dream guy and in this list of course looks and attraction does matter but don't have the whole list be about superficial qualities because it doesn't matter if he has blue eyes or if he's athletic or is six foot seven. It yeah. should be about how is he going to fulfill you? What is he going to bring to the relationship? What values is he going to have that's going to help you sustain a long-term relationship? He should be emotionally unavailable and loving and romantic and want to do X, Y, and Z with me. Yeah, yeah, I completely I agree. Scripted that dream guy and it becomes so clear in your head, you wouldn't want to settle for anybody else. Yeah, I think there's a fine, there's a fine line, isn't there? Because I think like dating is a, it's a hard one and it is a really, it is a hard place to navigate. And it's almost, I think there's a fear of, like I've been doing loads of research about it at the minute. And obviously the single rate is at an all time high and like, it's, is it going to become like a bit of a relationship pandemic? But um, I think people are in fear slightly of what if I don't meet anyone and, and people are getting older and um before they want something and I think that that doesn't help the situation because I think when you're in that mindset you then tend to settle yeah 
Yeah, I definitely had those thoughts at one point as well. And I hear so many other people say it and they're in their 20s. And yeah. now I think about it, I'm like, you have the rest of your life. Just yeah. because our parents or our grandparents got married very young in their 20s, times have changed. And I really look to shows like Sex and the City for inspiration. Like those <laughs> women were living their best single lives in their 30s. Yeah. And so many people do that now as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think as a child, I always dreamt of like finding the one when I'm like 22 23 and then getting married and all of that but that's just not how it is and I think we should prioritize traveling the world and taking off our bucket list and all of that because we have the rest of our lives to find the right one and they will come at the right time when we're ready for them yeah I think there's um I'm a massive advocate of like just trusting the process and trusting the universe and letting everything happen as it's meant to and I think I think if more people did that they would enjoy their time a bit more yeah um when I'm just because when I watch your content and I uh I watch your videos and I watch your long-form YouTubes and stuff and I take so much value from them you have a lot of wisdom for a 22 year old and that's like with with the most respect but how how have you gained so much knowledge and insight and it, you're obviously extremely educated in all of this self-development stuff and and attachment styles and mindset shifts and self-love how I don't know where I'm going with this but I just you seem so knowledgeable about it and so in tune with yourself when I was 22 I'd I had no clue who I was what I was doing um and I just find it quite admirable oh thank you so much um I, I do get this question all the time on my YouTube comments it's like how where did you get to know all of this at 22 yeah. why do you know all of this um and I, I don't actually think I've ever answered it I think I went through a lot of ex like normal life experiences like uh, broken friendships and relationships and heartbreak at a much earlier age than everybody else. Most people will start yeah. going through that when they're 16. And I, I have a, a younger cousin, she's about 10 years old. And she tells me about what goes on at primary school and all of this. And sometimes I think our experiences are so different because she lives the life of a normal 10 year old. And I remember being that age and having a really toxic friendship with like a best friend. And it was constantly on and off. I remember having a crush on a guy at primary school and then we were dating, whatever that meant back then. And then having my best friend also like him. And then having that whole thing that most people experience when they're much older. Yeah. Um, my parents split up when I was nine years old. So there was navigating that. Um, then when I was in secondary school, I dealt a lot with mean girls. Like I literally had a girl say to me, you can't sit with us and having to navigate that and like kind of being a loner as well. Uh, secondary school is where I really got back into my shell and I hated going to school. I didn't like speaking to other people. And I think it was just navigating all of that, that made me want to learn about myself more. I didn't really start listening to podcasts or reading self-help books until I was maybe 19, 20. So not long ago. Yeah. I think it was more about beating my own adversities that were continuously thrown at me throughout life from yeah. a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. I was also going to ask you about like how to navigate the 
um the current world that we live in at the minute where it is all about self-love and self-development and and how like juggling it all we've all like everyone wants a career and they want a platform and they want a boyfriend and they want a house and they want kids and you just said it you listed loads of stuff a minute ago when we were chatting but it, it can get overwhelming at times can't it yeah um but yeah what's your advice for like navigating it all I learned this recently because I've always been the kind of person to have big goals and always be chasing the next best thing because that's going to make me happy and it's not true and I instead realized that happiness is in your current moment and you just have to seek it out Mm. you don't need the boyfriend and the big job while it's great to seek that out and have it on your vision board that's great but you have to think about how can I feel fulfilled in this current moment what kind of daily routine or things can I schedule in my week to feel joy? And I, I said this in one of my YouTube videos as well. We always plan for, this is how I'm gonna make more money, or this is how I'm gonna get this opportunity or that. You should start planning for little moments of joy throughout your week as well. Yeah. And then you'll start feeling happy in your life without thinking I have to go out and get the boyfriend and I have to open a business and all of that. And only then will I be happy. They're great goals to have and I always encourage it, but more achievements and acquiring more things won't give you happiness appreciating what you have in the moment and having gratitude is honestly what made me feel happy yeah yeah and I think I think it is and and that's a that's a one of the points I had down to talk to you about was having a realistic approach because I think a realistic approach one levels your expectations of what you can actually achieve I think we get so much of we need to meditate and we need to manifest and we need to journal and we need to whatever. I definitely got caught up in all of the self-help stuff so much so that I was pulling myself apart so much. I was feeling so shitty about myself and then I didn't know how to get forward. And then I was like, oh crap, but I missed journaling last night. And oh, and, and it all just gets a bit messy and I took it all a bit too literally. But I think a lot of people do and then they get a bit lost and tied up with it all. Yeah, no, you don't. There, there is so much information out there and you don't need to follow everybody else's step-by-step routine because everybody has is going to have something different that works for them because everybody's going through something different. Some people are being spoke, main focus is I really want to hustle and I really want to work hard. Other people's main focus is I just want to get through the week and have decent mental health. And other people are healing from trauma or heartbreak. Everyone has a different priority. And so you just have to find what works for you. And I think it's really helpful that there's so much information out there now on self-development and just pick little bits from everybody else's routines and create your own that's tailored to you. You don't have to journal every day. I, I used to, and now I journal once a week and I do a huge thought dump just to get everything onto paper. I don't work out every day, I work out every other day because that's the only way I stay consistent. so yeah I think it's just trial and error really and not feeling guilty if your self-care routine doesn't look like everybody else's yeah yeah I completely agree what are some of the things that you have have implemented to remain consistent like journaling for example or like those moments of joy that you put into your week so as I said before so exercise is one thing I only go to the gym for my mental health I don't go thinking I have to lose this amount of weight or I have to tone up this or that that's a great added benefit just from exercising 
but I chase the feeling of when I leave the gym and come back home, I'm going to feel so happy and so much more accomplished. And my mental health is going to be improved as a result. That's what keeps me consistent. And also having one rest day in between. So then I'm excited to go to the gym again. Um, same with journaling. It can be a lot to journal every single day. Yeah. And I see journal not as a chore or, or as like, oh, I have to do this to grow as a person. I kind of think of it like I get to do this so that I can release all of my emotions. And so I do it every Sunday, for example. And then I get to start Monday, a fresh week with a fresh mind and having gotten all of that, those thoughts and emotions out onto paper. It's kind of like my version of therapy. Yeah. It's really about how your perspective on everything, which will keep you consistent. Yeah. What is what is your perspective on I don't know if this is a very stupid question to answer or, a, or an obvious question to ask, but what is your perspective currently on self-love and self-development? Oh, Because I'm guessing it's changed from when you started to what it is now. You've, you've been on quite a journey with it. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, at the beginning, it was all about dating and boys and overcoming that challenge. And then I did it and... I kind of had to shift my perspective on my goals again. And I was like, okay, what is this about for me now? Because I'm perfectly content on my own. And then it was about working and achieving all of my goals. And this year, especially so far, I've ticked off so many of my goals that I wanted to achieve. And then I came across another hurdle where I thought, why don't I feel happy? And I don't feel fulfilled, even though I've done all of these things that I've dreamt of for years. So then I learned the lesson that you can only find happiness when you choose to find it, not when you get all of these new goals um, and so now my new perspective when it comes to self-love and self-development is giving myself the time to rest and being gentle with myself and not pushing myself to extremes because I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to be the biggest YouTuber in the world and not everything has to be so massive and huge all the time it's more about prioritizing my happiness now yeah. rather than working towards being a different version of myself and overcoming this or that or uh getting this job or making that amount of money yeah and I think something interesting that you said there is shifting the gears like it's okay to shift the gears yeah. uh, like when you get to the goal or when you get to the whatever or maybe you you something's just switched and you don't want to go down that route anymore or you want to change the way you're working on something like I think I think our minds can get so stagnant or be so fixated on one direction and we're human and we're not linear and we can swap and change all the time yeah your journey is always changing um for the last few like no like the last six months my journey every day was I have to wake up I have to plan content script it out okay how am I going to grow on social media how am I going to do this and now I need to edit and it was just go 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 all the time and then two months ago I stopped and I was like I can't keep doing this and it was a weird feeling to think oh but this is the journey I committed to and now I have to keep going but that's okay because that shows that you're growing as a person and now you're learning new things and you're coming home to yourself and you're like actually this is what I need to to feel fulfilled and it's different to what I thought it was and that's okay because now at least I'm coming to that realization yeah and it's hard to have those conversations with yourself sometimes because it's quite easy to feel like you're failing or you're not doing enough or whatever how do you how do you have that conversation with yourself? I honestly use journaling. Mm -hmm. Whenever I feel like everything is getting a bit too much, 
I will write out how I feel and immediately I'll feel better that I just released everything but also sometimes the answer will come out as well um I have I talk to myself all the time and I always say like I literally am my own therapist and that's not because I've read all the books and I have all the knowledge not at all like everybody can help themselves because you are the one person on this planet that knows yourself the most you do have the key to your problems um and I think it's as simple as talking to yourself like I'm always like every single problem you have ask why okay I feel this way why because of this why where is this coming from and question yourself over and over and over again and you'll get to the root of the problem yeah I completely I completely agree um how are your how are your friendships and your do you still spend loads of time on your own do you are you social do you struggle in that element or like yeah, so I grew up really struggling socially. University, when I reinvented myself, when I pretended to be a super confident person, made me so social. I was at every party. I had a huge group, group of friends. I finally became that confident, like extroverted person I always wanted to be. Um, but then I came across another hurdle, which was you can't give your energy and time to everyone and not everyone is meant for you or and not everyone is good for you mm-hmm. I had some great friends and then I came across toxic friendships again or bad influences or getting off the track to becoming my dream self because I was becoming the average of the people that I was spending time with and that wasn't good and so ever since graduating I've really dived deep into my friendships and thought how is this friendship serving me? This person doesn't have to do anything for me, but are they having a good effect on the person I'm becoming and the life I'm leading? Do our values align? Are we going in a similar direction in life? And I found that that wasn't the case for so many of my friends. So I cut off a lot of people after graduating. And now my friendship circle is tiny. It is so, so, so small, but I love it. And I don't have any issues with my friends. Some of us, we've been friends since we were 15, 16, and we are still besties. And we might go a few months without seeing each other because we don't live in the same city. I have one best friend who lives in Dubai right now, but we talk as much as we can. And it's the best because those people are really there for me and we can talk about anything and everything. And that's what I value the most. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do still spend a lot of time on my own. I don't spend every single week around. I need to go on a night out or spend time with my friends. That's just me though. I spent a lot of time growing up alone. So I have to spend time alone now to recharge. Other people are extroverted, so they're different. So that's not necessarily the right answer. I guess it's just Mm -hmm. creating a routine that makes you feel happiest. Yeah. And I think definitely in my twenties, and I think a lot of people can relate that you feel like you have to have this big social group or this be out all the time. Like you just said, be out on a weekend or be at the place to be and I I was always a bit like kind of feel like I should be there and then I'd go to these places and I'd be like I'm really not having a good time and then I'd try and wait it out until everyone else was leaving but really I wanted to go home like three hours ago and now I'm I'm pretty much the same as you I'm really introvert I love spending time on my own and I spend a lot of time on my own but I have like five really really good friends and I don't see them all the time but I've got really strong relationships with them and it's taken me a while to realize that that works for me yeah it's just Um, it's about having people that you can trust and that have positive energy and yeah you don't you don't need a huge group I went through my teenagers and university thinking that I did 
and yeah. it didn't even have a good effect on my life so never again no I hear you um but I think on the important thing there is to realize what what works for you and what what is your happy place because like like you said like we're all different and we all have different levels of social battery oh are you asking what is my happy place um honestly being alone like uh even though I'm in a relationship now both me and my boyfriend solo date away from each other and that is my favorite thing in the world I will go on a date with him on Tuesday on Saturday I'm solo dating again and I think that's so important as well because my self-love journey hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. He didn't stop as soon as I found the right boyfriend. It's an ongoing relationship with yourself, whether you're taken or you're single or you found the perfect job or group of friends you have to keep going with it and prioritizing spending time with yourself, even yeah. if you have a huge group of people around you to spend time with. Um, and going on that journey really made me value my alone time that much more. I love going out to a restaurant alone. I love journaling and just showing up for myself is my happy place. That's when I feel the most fulfilled. Yeah. What, um, I get a lot of questions like from friends or whether it's through social channels or whatever about, spending time on your own um, and I used to be a bit embarrassed about it but I made a conscious effort to like go for dinner on my own a bit like what you do when I go on holiday on my own and I really enjoy it and it's for me it's a it's a happy place too but a lot of people struggle to spend time with themselves or with their own thoughts or like journaling to some people is the scariest thing in the world because they're frightened of what's going to come out like what's your advice for people who I guess a lot of people would watch you and your content and wish in a way that they could spend time on their own or they want to spend time on their own and they're, they're too anxious to go into Starbucks for example solo because they find it embarrassing like I did my advice has always been to charge at it and fake it till you make it I was exactly the same I remember thinking maybe I should do a solo date in a restaurant on my own and I didn't want to do it and I wanted to back out and I was terrified and then I was sitting there all of a sudden and I was looking around at everyone convinced that they were thinking about me and they were judging me it's the scariest thing in the world and the only way to get through it is to do it you can't sit and think okay but how can I do it and how can I make it easier it's not easy it's hard especially when you're starting out but like I said before you're gonna sit with that discomfort and when you leave you're gonna go home thinking oh I survived it like I really did it and it's just going to build up your confidence to do it the next time sometimes you just have to force yourself into those situations and know that you're doing it to become better and that that is what matters more than that temporary discomfort yeah 
yeah yeah it's a funny one isn't it and it, and again it's all about the journey and doing it for the bigger picture how do you not get because I think a lot of people again get get caught up in the in the day-to-day of um they'll make progress or then they'll have a bad day or whatever and they'll get in their head about stuff in fact in being in your head is is it's a hard thing to navigate isn't it because you can overthink and you can worry about stuff or like you just said what's someone thinking about me when everyone's just thinking about themselves so what are some advice for like just getting out of your head a little bit um I would say the question yourself method once again because a lot of the time we make up these situations that are so 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 big and it came from a tiny little thought that wasn't even true or was significant and then we dwell on it over and over and over again if you question yourself with logic and kind of push emotion back a little bit you'll realize actually this is not true at all and you'll realize that you were just making a big deal about nothing Mm -hmm. Um, another way to stop overthinking is to just do like I believe in um oh what's the word it's like building up this package of proof every single uncomfortable thing I've ever done serves as like this portfolio of confidence for me so anytime I'm about I'm about to do something again and I'm terrified to do it so for example I have my first like big networking event next week and I've never done anything like that before and I'm terrified I'm gonna have to go alone I'm gonna have to talk to a bunch of other big youtubers that I've never met I've never been to a, an event like this so I don't know how to navigate it and I signed up regardless because I'm like I have to do it whether I feel good about it or not Mm-hmm. And also I look back on every other thing I've done, even though it's different to this. It's like I sat in a restaurant alone when I really didn't want to do it. I walked up to a random group of strangers and started a conversation with them and then made friends with them on my first day of university. Yeah, I did all of these things when I didn't want to. And so why can't I do this? And I feel like it's like this process of always trying to do a favor for you, for yourself, sorry. It's like, imagine you're either saying it to your inner child or your future self is saying it to you and you're like you're kind of talking to yourself and you're like listen I know you don't want to do this but this is for the greater good like you're going to get to where you need to be and you're fully capable of doing this so I'm going to hold your hand through this and we're going to do this together mm-hmm. and it's being as gentle as you can with yourself yeah yeah I yeah I think there's so much to be said for one perspective and looking back and reflection um because I think we don't do that enough like we're always about what's next and what's coming and and where do we want to go to whereas I think it's so important to look back and see where you've come from yes absolutely how do you remain so dedicated because you seem like you are on a tunnel vision mission and and I, and that might not be the reality there might be loads of stuff that happens off camera which I'm presuming there is that you know, you said about having bad days and stuff, everyone has them, but how do you remain so proactive? Because I think again, me included, like start things and then I don't finish them or I lose my energy or I have a bad day and I'm like, oh, this is all too much. I'm overwhelmed. Like, How do you remain so, so dedicated with your progress? Um, so obviously the key is discipline. And the way that I've mastered that is to stop thinking of, all of the work that comes with the task and viewing it as a chore and instead looking at the positive outcome that will benefit me. So mm-hmm. for uh, with 
exercise, for example, I hated it. I've never been a gym girly. I hate, I just hated the thought of it. And yesterday I woke up and I was super unmotivated. I didn't want to get out of bed. I wanted to lay in bed and I wanted to watch Gossip Girl all day. And I spoke about this on my Instagram story. And so many people actually love that I posted it because they said, it's so nice to see that you also have bad days. And it made me realize I need to post about it more because there are so many days where I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And a few years ago, I would just say yes to that feeling and then I would stay in bed and then the end of the day comes and I'm like oh I didn't do anything or I would have felt better if I just did the workout or I ate that healthy meal or if I just did that hard task and then now I don't have to stress about it so I do believe in also balancing uh honoring how you feel in the moment so for example yesterday I didn't want to do anything but I was like I'm going to go to the gym because I know how great I'll feel when I walk out and I'm chasing that feeling rather than, oh, but I have to drive there and I have to put my clothes on and then I have to work out and then I have to do all of these things. No, it's, I'm going to feel really happy. That's why I'm going. And then I had work to do. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to take myself to a Starbucks and I'll do the work there and I'll treat myself to my favorite latte. I kind of romanticize the experience. I think that's really important on the difficult days to try and add some little moments of joy or treats to motivate yourself to get through it. I did a few hours of work and then I came home and I laid in bed and I watched Gossip Girl all day because that's what I wanted to do. So I gave myself that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be a hundred percent every single day. That's okay. Yeah. And even on the days where I do just want to lay in bed all day, that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think it's that thing about being kind to yourself, but also when you do have a productive day, when you've done something for you in, in your instance, so you've done your workout and you feel way more fulfilled in the evening when you are switching off. Not that you deserve to switch off because everyone deserves to switch off, but you, it's just a, a more positive experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, my mindset is always as well. Like I say to myself, I love you too much to let you do this or to let you slack and then feel bad about it later. I'm going to yeah. push a little bit now and then we can rest when we need to as well. But I know you have it in you so yeah the loving yourself is it's funny isn't it self-love such an overused term but and we're all doing this work to like ourselves a bit more I actually saw your video this morning about um I think you posted it last week but it was about millennials and like how millennials and um is it gen y that are ever is it gen, oh, gen z was this on tiktok yeah and you were saying yeah. that like gen z's are, are really leveling up and like millennials are pre- like mindset towards gen z and stuff and it's because you guys put yourselves first and i think it's so important because for years people haven't and they've just like you like we were talking about earlier they the goal has been to be married rightly or wrongly so like be married and have kids and have a career and and now i also think this is impacting relationships because women are leveling up men are too but women are leveling up and they are showing the world that they can do everything and they don't need a guy to solely provide for them I think it's a really it's a confusing shift but I think it's an interesting shift yeah definitely um yeah uh, that video was about the fact that older generations are now labeling gen z as being selfish yeah yeah. very narcissistic yeah and in the video I was like no it's just that we really like ourselves and we prioritize ourselves and that is so unfamiliar to the older generations because 
you guys never did that but also you were never allowed to do that these yeah. lessons and the this trauma is passed down generations of you have to do so and so and you always have to put other people's needs before your own or you're selfish yeah. and yeah. Gen Z, we value our mental health above all else and i love that i'm so so glad and i can't wait for the day that gen z become parents because i honestly think we're all going to be the best parents yeah uh, because we finally understand what actually matters and that it's completely okay to prioritize yourself. And, and if you don't want to do something for someone, you can say no. Yeah. If you're like, okay, but I just want to have the day to myself. That's fine. You yeah. don't have to explain yourself to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I complete, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think, I just think so much more comes from putting the work in, liking yourself, like connecting with yourself, fully knowing who you are, and then being, whether it's a more confident, more loved, more valued or like version of yourself, like entering into something like there's nothing negative that can come from that. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't understand as well is when you take the time to be by yourself and work on yourself and you look in the mirror and you're like, yeah, I look good today. You reach that level. It's not selfish because once you've gotten over all of your insecurities now you become the best version of yourself to now be able to give to others you can show up yeah. for the other people in your life much better because now you're not projecting your insecurities onto others now you're not jealous or comparing you're this fully whole secure version of yourself and now you can be a great friend and a great girlfriend and a great sibling or daughter or parent yeah it's it's a really refreshing space to be in isn't it especially when you've had loads of like negative mind fog in the past or insecurity um it is really refreshing on that like what are some reflections you have about kind of your journey or the version of you before you did all of this self-development work I think for a while I fell into the trap of judging my past self and we all we all do it like we'll think of yeah. something embarrassing we did and we'll be like, oh, why did I do that? And we'll feel embarrassed. And I did that for a long time. I was like, I can't believe I did this. And like, look at me now. And thinking that my current version is better than my previous version. And that's not true because my past self, she's the one who got me to where I am now. Yeah. So I actually owe everything to her. And no matter how many mistakes she made or how she messed up or how insecure she was, she deserves everything. And she was only acting on the level of awareness and knowledge that she had at that time. So she's not at fault. And self-love isn't only showing love to the current version of yourself, but also all of the past versions of yourself, all of the mistakes you've made and owning them and being being like, that's okay. And I'm going to continue to mess up in the future. And I will love myself the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Like letting go of, do you have to let go of the old version of you? I don't know that you do. I th oh, oh, do you? I think it works different for different people. I try to let go of the past version of myself. Um, but for me personally, what really helped was appreciating her and honoring her. Yeah. And it's, it also links into like falling in love with your inner child and trying to protect them because the past versions of you are still you. They're, they're, still, they're still within you. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't even think you can completely let go of them. Yeah, just just talk through the process of, in a child because I I practice self-love and I, and I do it and it really helps me but I've really mastered my own version of it which I think is kind of what we were saying earlier and it's quite important to do that in a child is something I can't and I've had therapy about this but I can't relate to it because I can't like in my in my internal vision like I can't 
seer or connect. I don't mm. know if that's a weird thing. Like, and I think it's just going through things through life that shifts that internally. But go through the process of like connecting with your younger self because I find it fascinating. I think overall, it's just about showing more kindness to yourself. And when you look at the younger version of you, you're instantly more compassionate to them than you are to your current self. And yeah, that's really interesting. If you find it difficult to envision your younger self, I personally, I just, I literally imagine my six-year-old self in my head. But another thing I do is I have a picture of my four-year-old self. I used to have it on my mirror there, but now it's on another wall. But I used to, this is, I was going through a phase where I was really struggling to show compassion for myself. And I was also going through a lot of self-doubt. So I went through a phase where I had that picture on my mirror every morning, I was looking at my younger self and instantly I empathized with myself. And I'm like, I don't deserve to constantly criticize myself or tell myself I'm not doing enough or that I'm not capable of of achieving my dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, inner child is a good method of instantly being kinder to yourself when you see yourself as that version. Um, I also think it's really nice to to journal in a way that you're writing to your younger self so like kind of writing to a a letter to your old self and you're like guess what like all of these things you used to dream of now I'm doing it and it could be as small as I passed my GCSEs I learned how to drive I have a really good steady group of friends Mm. I am closer with my parents than I was before um and you're kind of just I think this is a really great method of also instilling more confidence in yourself because in this process you're telling your past version I did all of these things you wanted and in the process you'll realize this is going to continue my future self is saying this about my current version um and it's also about when you're going through a tough time maybe you're triggered you're going through some difficult emotions envisioning the youngest version of yourself then and kind of protecting them and giving them the things that maybe they didn't get from your parents when you were younger so being kinder to them not criticizing yourself for being too sensitive or uh, being harsh on yourself thinking why are you crying over such a small thing that's okay and I kind of like have this vision of my younger self kind of running up to me and I'm hugging her and I'm holding her in my arms because she deserves that compassion and that kindness and that love and for me not to criticize her so harshly yeah yeah thanks for sharing that because it's just been one of those things that that I I know a lot of people talk about it but yeah I can't get there and it's a it's a funny thing but when you explain it and and I think doing it in different variations of your old self like you said visualizing or pictures or whatever or thinking back on moments um yeah it's definitely helpful to kind of move forward um another trick I learned was it doesn't even have to be the youngest version of yourself. This could be like the 16 year old version of you or the 20 year old version of you. And it also counts as a form of inner child healing. You'll kind of close your eyes and you will envision yourself going into a past uh, painful memory. And you'll imagine your current self going into that memory and coming face to face with that younger version of you and comforting them or giving them the advice that you know now which would have helped them back then. And I've done this many times and it's really helped me. Like I've imagined myself in school who was super shy and quiet and all of that. And then imagining my current self who she would be so proud of. And she she, would, she didn't even know that she would grow into this version of me going mm. in and being, this is where you're headed. You don't need to be so quiet or unsure of yourself. Everything's going to work out. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that what self-compassion, isn't it? Yeah. Um talk a bit about or or let's talk a bit about feminine energy because I know you also speak about this a lot on your across all of your channels. Um and I think or like the balance between feminine and energy and being I don't know what the overarching term is, a more confident, fulfilled whole woman. Because I think, again, like there's been a massive shift over the past few years more so in the balance of women levelling up. And I think with that has come, where does my feminine energy sit within that, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's a confusing one. I really didn't know what it meant for a long time because there's so much discourse about it on the internet and everyone's talking about it in different contexts and you need to do this and not this. Um, But I really simplified it for myself. And for me, it was just about being open to receiving and having a soft life. I was existing in my masculine energy for a long time because it made me feel like I was in control of my life and that made me feel safer. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in my relationships, having all of the control, having the power, but then you're not existing in in your divine feminine and you deserve to kind of put your feet up and allow other people to do things for you. And I think that's the best way to start practicing living in your feminine energy. Um, So I think in my past relationships, I was always like, oh no, don't worry, I'll do it. I'll plan the day, I'll do this, I'll cook this, I'll clean this, blah, blah, blah. And now in my current relationship, if my boyfriend wants to do something for me, my instant response is like, oh no, you don't have to do anything for me. But I kind of forced myself into the habit of, yeah, of course you can, because that's what I deserve. And and a lot of people that, because there's so much conversation on the internet about having a man provide for you. I'm a complete believer in that. But people kind of go to an extreme and then believe, oh, that means a woman can't work or be ambitious. And that's not the case at all. And that's where the balance comes in. Every woman and every man has both masculine energy and feminine energy. And it's about balancing both to create your most ideal life so I love to work and I love being ambition and achieving all of my goals but that doesn't mean I have to do everything myself all the time that doesn't mean I can't be looked after that doesn't mean I have to pay on every single day yeah and I guess is that then breaking down some barriers within yourself or like letting your guard down a little bit to be open to be a bit more vulnerable absolutely absolutely I masculine energy was kind of like a way of protecting myself from being hurt I guess and not being vulnerable um but really I was just doing myself a disservice because I was constantly doing way more than I needed to and I wasn't leading an enjoyable life yeah I think a lot of people fall into that trap of I can do everything myself and I can care for myself and I don't need a man to do this when actually that there is a lot that they, that they can bring and they and they do bring if you allow it. Yeah, and I think you can also build up uh, a much stronger connection when you allow other people to show up for you and you're not like, no, no, no I can do it myself because that yeah. was the time. Yeah, and also I think, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like what's the role for a guy in your life if you're not allowing them to have one? Do you know what I mean? Not in a day-to-day, but if you don't let them bring anything and you constantly like, no, 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 I could do it. Or I could do this for myself. Or that's the message you're constantly putting out. What you, you almost not creating space for them to be there. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure I've spoken about this before. So if you are constantly living in your masculine energy and you're putting out this message of, no, I'm an independent woman and I can do 
so-and-so and I don't need you to do anything for me. You will then as a result attract men that are more in their feminine energy and yeah. all they want to do is take and take and take from you they are not in this relationship with you to provide for you or provide any value to your life they are probably bare minimum men men that believe in the whole 50 50 mentality whereas if you're a woman who's like yes i am independent and i'm chasing my dreams and goals but also my standards are so high that if you if I'm going to allow a man to come into my life and take that space and be in a relationship with me then you better be bringing a lot to the table because I'm completely content and whole within myself and then that's where you attract men who are who want to do everything for you their main priority is I want to make my partner happy not yeah. I need my partner to do so and so for me yeah yeah completely I completely agree with that it's about balance right what are some, um, you obviously read a lot of books and, and source a lot of kind of knowledge and education from social media or Google or YouTube or whatever. What are some kind of books that you love or highly recommend? And then also like, who do you go to for inspiration? Uh, so I love the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. um, that taught me a lot about what it actually means to love somebody what it means for somebody to love you what makes a healthy relationship how um, people's perceptions of love have become really skewed and that's why a lot of our we really struggle in our dating lives that helped me understand a lot about a good relationship um, I also always recommend the book Attached by Dr. Adam it's I I don't want to say yeah, how but the links in the notes yeah um but that really helps you with becoming more secure in your relationships having a secure attachment um because I think that was also a form of self-sabotage in a lot of my dating experiences I had an avoidant attachment so I was always kind of pushing people away and instead pulling in the wrong ones um to kind of protect myself in a weird twisted way and yeah. I, re I recommend that to a lot of people and it just really helped them on their journey as for um, inspiration, a lot of people ask about what books I've read on feminine energy. I actually haven't read any. I haven't found any that really piqued my interest. Um, but there is a content creator out there. She's a friend of mine. She goes by the name of Alexis, but her YouTube channel is A, triple W, and then Lexis. And she her entire niche is just talking about feminine energy and I've definitely learned a lot from her and I think she articulates it so well and gives people so many different contexts to um, explain it other than that I think my main hobby is going to a bookstore going to the self-help section and just picking out anything that looks good to me and then learning about things that way um, and another thing I've done is really curating my social media feeds so on my TikTok you page I spent so long clicking not interested on so many things and following so many people and then I would only interact with motivational videos educational videos videos about self-help following creators that only talk about that and now every time I go into TikTok my entire feed is this is how you level up or this is how you have a certain self-care routine and I leave all of my social media platforms feeling so inspired every time I go on and always having learned something new and I would highly recommend that yeah 
Yeah, I love that. I think I think social media is a tricky one to navigate. We've talked so much on the podcast about curating feeds and how to do it and how to make social media work for you rather than it using you and and, and taking away. And I think it's a really interesting and important one. Um, what do you do for fun to switch off to entertain and to step out of kind of day-to-day and into a kind of different version of yourself and I'm asking that because I think a lot of people I know you post a lot of content about rest and having days off and whatever I do think when it comes to self-development and and practices I think people take it quite literally and they like we were talking earlier about feeling bad about laying in bed all day or whatever and I just wanted to ask that question so that people have a sense of like the balance between the two if that makes sense I've definitely always struggled with balance and I've always been like okay go 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 on to the next goal and this is actually my what I'm doing on my current journey finding the balance scheduling time for joy taking a break from my day-to-day um and I feel like it's actually constantly changing and that's okay so my life was especially hectic like over the last few months and I always had a lot of stuff to do so my break time was to go to a Starbucks drive-through sit in the car car park and sip on a latte and be alone with my thoughts and it was so nice and refreshing and yet it was so simple mm. now I've done that so often it's actually become another part of my day-to-day <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the journey to do the next thing sometimes random opportunities come up so like I'll go to a Pilates class and that's just doing something completely different which I won't do every single week but it's a nice kind of break right now I'm actually looking into doing horse riding lessons because I'm just like, why not like you can explore absolutely anything sometimes as a child I was very artistic so I'd love to draw and paint and whenever I have the time I'll kind of sit downstairs and I'll just paint something random for two hours and yeah. that allows me to switch off because it's especially important to have a hobby that can't be turned into a job so mm. creating videos was my passion for so long but now it's a full-on job for me so because now there are goals associated and there's money and there's strategy and all of this it's not my time to switch off when it comes to like painting I'm not worrying about it has to be perfect or I have to make a YouTube video about me painting this painting I have to Mm -hmm. set it on Etsy after no this is purely just for my joy it's got nothing to do with hustle culture or goals or income or any of that yeah I think it's important, isn't it, to show a balance. I do think, I think people, when they constantly consume media or uh, channels or content, I think they do take it literally And there. So I love to ask like these kind of just ad hoc questions about balance or fun or whatever, because we only see what you want us to see on social, right? And and I think when your platform is niche in self-development, there's loads of topics in there, but we don't see like another side and there is always another side whether it's bad days or going through something or personalities or relationships or whatever there's always a lot more to the picture yeah absolutely um yeah you you never see the full picture really okay so final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty confidence is Mm -hmm. as simple as that for me I don't care what your physical traits are I don't care how tall or small or what your facial features are when I see someone out and about and they are strutting around and you can just tell that they're feeling themselves and they are so sure of themselves and it doesn't matter what anybody else would say to them they could be in the most extravagant outfit which might not be trendy which might not be according to everybody's 
tastes, but they are owning it. Yeah. That is so attractive to me. Yeah. So just be like, this is what I like. And that's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And um, just on confidence or like going into confidence a little bit more, because I think it's a really interesting topic. I think it's one of those things and, and correct me if you have a different viewpoint on this, but one of those things that just by doing a multitude of different things, it subconsciously grows. Yeah. Um, absolutely, yeah. But you kind of have to switch off for it to grow. Oh, this is how I'm doing it. Anyway, I've basically been going through this whole confidence journey over the past kind of three to four months where I've just switched off from apps, from social media at times, from different social events. Um, and just allowed me time to just reconnect with myself a bit because I was finding myself to be so shy in certain situations and that's how I've done it is to like switch off Um, but yeah I don't know if you've got any tips for building confidence or how you've approached it um my biggest tip is to build an alter ego and when I learned that Beyonce has an alter ego yes like but truly everyone struggles with confidence yeah. and sometimes you do just need to step into this ideal version of yourself and embody them because a lot of the time we internalize so many of our own insecurities yeah. and our self-doubt and we identify with it it becomes who we are so you kind of have to step away from that for a second to do the difficult things that you're not so comfortable in doing mm-hmm. and, and push yourself out there and think no, I'm not. I'm not that shy, quiet version of me. I am the most confident, most extrovert. I can I can deal with any challenge that comes at me. I can talk to anybody and it doesn't scare me. Who's your alter ego? I haven't named her. I'm still I'm still I like I can see her really clearly in my head. I can yeah. watch the way that she walks. I can watch the way that she interacts with people. I'm a very very visual person so I can watch a movie of my ideal version in my head yeah yeah, she really needs a name I need to I'm gonna think about that this week (laughs) interesting you need to share with us when you've got it but yeah (laughs) I've never actually thought about it like that do you do visualizations a lot I've got a lot of the time yeah whenever I'm um nervous about any situation I kind of imagine it in my head but a lot of people fall into the trap of overthink overthinking it and imagining it going the worst way possible yeah I try to snap myself out of doing that and instead imagining it going better than I could have ever imagined and also realizing however I am imagining it even if it's good it can still go even better than that and I I always try and focus on those positive thoughts yeah I've been hearing the word delusion a lot lately of um I don't know if it's like coming into a trend or whatever, but I've been hearing a lot of people talk about like be delusional in your goals and who you want to be and it will help you massively. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm like, no matter how big my goals are, I constantly affirm to myself, I can do it. Why Why yeah. can't I? And yeah. that delusion definitely helps with confidence. Yeah, I think I think when you aren't delusional or like when you stop yourself from being delusional, I, well, for me personally, but I think, some people will relate that a lot of people think are worried about what other people are thinking Mm -hmm. um you keep yourself in a small box to make other people comfortable especially I've experienced we do that isn't it yeah I've experienced like when you tell other people about your big goals and dreams sometimes they'll laugh at you or they'll be like is that really realistic and then it stops you from ever doing it again but it also affects your ability to dream big yourself yeah Um, 
yeah so I think be delusional you don't have to share your dreams and your thoughts with everybody because not everybody's going to get it not everybody's on the same journey and that's fine people will project their own fears and self-doubt onto you mm-hmm. um so I'm just delusional in my bedroom where nobody can get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> I love that I love that but I, th- I think there's so much to be said for just backing yourself believing in yourself it's the most refreshing feeling isn't it especially when you weren't someone who you know isn't a Molly May who's just always known that they were going to be confident and and this big star like some people have to work at it and it's when you get there it's really exciting if you like this episode hit subscribe and leave us a review planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.